One year ago next week, I was in the city of David, the place where Christ was born, six miles south of Jerusalem. But this year a change in a little town of Bethlehem, a first in modern times, there will be no Christmas at Manger Square. Bethlehem lies in the West Bank, an area controlled by Palestinians, but not Hamas in Gaza. This year a first. The municipality has announced no Christmas decorations, no celebration in support of Hamas. On Manger Square, there is the ancient Church of the Nativity, first built in 330 AD by the Emperor Constantine to recognize where Christ was born. Inside, there will still be candles lit and choirs singing carols, but tourists from around the world will be in short supply. It's a dangerous place to visit in 2023. It's a snapshot, I believe, of not just danger lurking, but another picture of how much our world needs the Savior and peace on earth. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus and this day before the American Thanksgiving. We're in a series called Thy Kingdom Come. And on this program today, we'll look at a story from the Old Testament that offers glimpses of God's kingdom announced and God's kingdom to come later through the birth of the Messiah and still to come to earth. We're looking at the story of Joseph found in Genesis. It's a story that's included by my friend Tyler Van Haltren's carefully crafted and richly bound set called Kingdom of God. Two volumes with artwork and words for children and adults, one for the Old Testament, another with the New Testament. I recently asked Tyler why he wrote these visually stunning Bible storybooks, and here's what he told me. What I wanted to do was to unpack this this theme, this idea of the kingdom of God in a seamless way from Genesis to Revelation so that people could see and children could see the big story of the Bible. And some other storybooks have done that in a great way, showing how the Old Testament connects to the New Testament, but I wanted to do it in a more um, specific way, a way that's faithful to scripture, that focuses on how various stories point to the Messiah, to the promised Savior who would come, to this promised King, and ultimately how that ties all the way through to Revelation when Jesus returns and reigns in victory. Really, I believe the kingdom of God is the central theme of Scripture, that it is the gospel, if I could say that. The the good news that Jesus is announcing is the kingdom of God. As he says, his first words in the book of Mark, I believe, are, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And that became the central theme of his teaching, even through the Gospels. It says, I have come for this very purpose, to proclaim the kingdom of God. Tyler will join us again in a moment to read from his Kingdom of God Bible storybook. Both books come in a handsome slipcase. I can't think of a better gift for Christmas. And we also have just the New Testament volume by itself. And as a bonus for Haven listeners who request the Chew Book set, we've included at no extra cost the digital audio storybook that you can download. There may not be Christmas celebrated in Bethlehem this year, but there can be celebration in your home and in the homes of those you love through this special set, Kingdom of God. Come to our website after the program. See why it's special. Make your gift to the ministry and order one or multiple sets at haventoday.org. haventoday.org or call us after the program at 
65 Haven, 865 Haven. And if you didn't already, we still have that special DVD, Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. And now, speaking of Bethlehem, let's open with The Christmas Carol by Brandon Heath. How still we see the light Above thy deep and dreamless sleep The silent stars go by Yet in thy dark streets shineth The everlasting light The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight For Christ is born of Mary And gathered all above While mortals sleep The angels keep Their watch of wandering love It's never too early for Christmas, in my opinion. O little town of Bethlehem, sung for us by Brandon Heath here on Haven Today in a program called Kingdom of God, I'm Charles Morris as we look at a story from the Old Testament that uses the life of Joseph to show us the depths of humanity, but points us to the heights of the coming King of all kings, Jesus Christ. Joseph. Most of us know his story, his dreams, his coat of many colors, his brothers trying to do him in out of jealousy, the famine over the land, a rich banquet for his brothers when they came to Egypt in search of bread, only to eventually learn that their long-lost brother, who they tried to kill, was in charge of the most powerful country of his day. And it ends with that great promise that what the brothers meant for evil, God meant for good. 
The Lord shows us through this story that for the sake of devout parents like Isaac and Rebecca, he would give good things to their children, even though the children did little to practice their parents' faith in life. But by doing so, God would lead them and their descendants to repentance. The Lord would make provision for their salvation. How great is God's mercy. May we all pray for the Lord Jesus to have mercy on all generations that stray and come back to him. I asked Tyler Van Haltren to share with us this story of Joseph from his two-volume set called Kingdom of God. Chapter 8, A Kingdom of Grace Of all his twelve sons, Jacob loved his son Joseph the most. He gave Joseph a special coat with many colors. This made his brothers bitterly jealous. Then Joseph had two dreams. First, he told his brothers, Last night I dreamed that we were gathering wheat, and all your bundles of wheat began to bow down to mine. The thought of bowing down to Joseph made his brothers even more jealous of him. A little while later, Joseph told his brothers, Last night I dreamed that the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When they heard this dream, his brothers became so angry they wanted to kill him. One day, when Joseph came to visit his brothers in the field, they said, Here comes that dreamer. Let's kill him and throw his body into a well. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. So they threw Joseph into a well. But Judah told them, What will we gain if we kill our brother? Let's sell him into slavery. So Joseph's brothers sold him to traders who took him away to Egypt. The brothers tore Joseph's colored robe and covered it in blood. When Jacob saw it, he said, This is my son's robe. A fierce animal must have devoured him. And Jacob wept for many days. But God took Joseph from the bottom of that pit and raised him up to one of the highest positions in Egypt. When a famine struck, these brothers came to Egypt and begged for food. Joseph's dream came true. They bowed down to him because they thought he was a powerful Egyptian ruler. Just imagine how surprised they were when this ruler said, I am your brother Joseph, who you sold into slavery. The brothers were amazed, but also afraid of what Joseph might do, since they had treated him so terribly many years before. But Joseph forgave them. He said, What you meant for evil, God meant for good, to save many people from death. God had used Joseph to save his family and many nations from starvation. God was working in the hearts of his people, preparing them to receive the good promises he made them. Through the most unlikely circumstances and the most unlikely people, God would bring his undeserved blessing to the world. Old Jacob was reunited with his beloved son after all those years of sorrow, because Joseph invited Jacob and all his family to come live with him in Egypt. Pharaoh was kind to Joseph's family and told Joseph, I will give you and your family the best of the land. God had saved his people from certain death, and now he brought them into a land full of life. Egypt would be the fruitful ground where God's people would be planted to grow and multiply, just as God promised. When Jacob was about to die, he brought all his sons together and blessed them. He gave one of the best blessings to one of his worst sons. He blessed Judah and said, Judah, your brothers will bow down to you. The king's scepter and ruler's staff will never depart from Judah until all nations of the world obey him. From the line of Judah, someday a king would come, 
The promised king would reign over the world and bring God's blessing to all nations, just as God had promised Abraham. Like all humans before them, Jacob and his sons sometimes believed the serpent's lies. They were unworthy to receive God's kingdom. But God's kingdom isn't something you can earn. It's a gift of God's grace. Even though God's people failed again and again, God would never fail to keep his covenant promise to them. Tyler Van Haltren, sharing with us the story of Joseph found in Genesis. And as you heard Tyler close the story, it points me to God's kingdom of grace. There is God's presence. Even when Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, God would be with Joseph in Egypt and gave him great favor. God was present even in those dark and difficult moments of betrayal and famine. God's people. The more you read about Jacob's family, the more you might wonder why God chose them to be his special people. They fell into sin, just like everyone else. But God promised to send the Savior through Jacob's offspring. God used Joseph to save his family so that one day a Savior could come from Jacob's line to save many more people. God's place. Jacob and his twelve sons moved away from the promised land to the land of Egypt. But Jacob had faith that God would bring them back to Canaan and build his kingdom there. God promises that one of Judah's offspring would reign over all the nations of the world, Israel, Gaza, the West Bank, America, Canada, the Philippines, everywhere. This is one of the earliest promises of Jesus coming as the true king from the line of Judah. Later, the people made evil plans to crucify Jesus. But Acts 4 tells us God used it for good and to save many people from their sins. Verses 27 and 28 of Acts 4. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So much to learn from the story of Joseph and his family. Now, in light of what, for me, is a holiday tomorrow, Thanksgiving, I can't help but think of eating. Even though I had my appendix removed earlier this week, my turkey, dressing, cranberries, and pumpkin pie may be on the light side. I'm still thinking of big holiday meals, past and future, especially with my family. Meals figure heavily into the Bible. Holy days are and will be held with meals, not just here on earth, but when we get to join Christ for a royal banquet, bigger than any meal we've ever experienced, and with our Lord. In the lengthy story of Joseph, in the final chapters of Genesis, there must have been fine meals once the family was reunited and all forgiven in Egypt after the famine struck. It's just what you did when God's people were together. Still do. But there is one meal mentioned, and it comes when Joseph finally reveals who he was, the long-lost brother they had tried to kill. He broke down and wept. His brothers were afraid. Their brother, the ruler of Egypt, now serving Pharaoh? He's going to do a sin like we tried to do him in. It's payback time. They must have been thinking. Nothing of the sort. The former haughty, self-serving, ego-driven Joseph was a changed man. Time spent preparing to die in that pit in the desert, and time in an Egyptian jail cell had changed him, and that love for his family came through. He fed them from his table, the finest of food from a royal table, 
but there was a twist. While he was a Hebrew by birth and lineage, he was also now an Egyptian. And Egyptians thought it was an abomination to eat with Hebrews. So his family, in the royal palace, was fed in one room while he ate in another. Yet by Scripture telling me they were fed from his table, we know it was a fine meal, better and more than they had eaten for a long time. And that reminds me that Jesus had that final meal on earth with his disciples, the Last Supper, communion together, so that as often as they observed this meal until his return, they would do this in remembrance of him. But it was a foretaste of the great banquet to come. All God's people would not be separated by birth. They would be joined by the new birth, with the Lord Jesus providing the finest of food from his royal table. No separation, no distinction of race or class or status. All will be one together. A feast of all feasts, celebrating his taking us home to the new heavens and the new earth. But one other reminder. I just returned a little more than a week ago from Cuba with our Spanish ministry. At the end of the trip, we held a day-long teaching series on how to preach Christ from all the Scripture for 100 Spanish pastors, most of whom had never heard this teaching before. Hunger is rampant in the country. A famine, so to speak. Pastors make even less than the 30 to $40 a month that's the average salary in the communist country, more like $20 a month. So we fed them the Word and how to teach the Word to others. But then for a few hundred dollars, we fed them all a fine meal, all they could eat, more than they had had to eat in prior days at home. What a glimpse of heaven to come when we get to sit at the feet of our Savior, Jesus, serving us from His royal table. So if you're in the U.S. having a fine Thanksgiving meal tomorrow, give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And may this be a little reminder of that even greater banquet to come. And while we await His return, may we all remember that blessed are the feet of those who bring good news, salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Share to blue. 
promise to redeem us, one to free us, break the silence in the violence in our hearts. Emmanuel is sure to find us soon. The mighty root of Jesse's star of truth, and bring us sons to glory. Tell his story, heal the broken, and restore thee to his name. The star will guide us to the humble place where Christ the King reveals his earthly face, and we will see. an orchestra and a choir underneath him and his album it's a wonderful christmas that's michael w smith sharing a song called the promise with us on this haven today a program called thy kingdom come now i know for many who are listening the american thanksgiving is tomorrow and we have a funny tradition in my home country to not think about christmas before we gratefully eat our turkey on thanksgiving day But I really want to encourage everyone, if you've got a child in your life, think about what you're going to give to them this year. There are so many distractions this time of year, the movies, the songs that all point to Frosty or Santa, and sadly, it's so easy for kids to miss the big story regarding what Christmas is really all about, Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm thankful that Tyler Van Haltren wrote his Kingdom of God Bible storybooks. He has a deep desire to help children understand this big picture of the Bible and to help them fall in love with Christ. 
From the Old into the New Testaments, the Kingdom of God storybooks are faithful to Scripture, Christ-centered, easy to understand. From the vivid illustrations to the summary pages with questions, these books are going to help you start good conversation with the kids in your life. Grown-ups, too, for that matter. Well, I'd like to send you this two-volume set for your minimum gift to Haven today. More if you can send it. Both books come with cloth, hardcovers, and gold foil stamping in a quality slipcase for the books. And as a bonus, we're including a free digital audio download of the storybooks, perfect for listening alongside the book with others. Well, this set will last for years. More importantly, the truths it contains are eternal. The Kingdom of God, Volumes 1 and 2, perfect for children in your life this Christmas. Maybe even an extra set or two to give to others. Maybe you need more than one set to share. So come to our website right now and take a look at the samples we've put up. Come to haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us right now to make your gift and ask for the Kingdom of God storybook set. Our number is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or if you just want to get the New Testament version of the Kingdom of God, we have that for your gift as well. And a final note. We still have the Johnny Cash documentary on his conversion to Christ. Call us, go online, get the DVD from us, and even if you don't have a DVD player, we will include a link for the digital version and give your DVD to somebody who still has a DVD player. It's a great gospel tool. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again together... We'll share the great story with thankfulness. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Can you be thankful without ever making it known? If you think so, try asking a spouse what he or she thinks. As Christians, the Thanksgiving holiday gives us a day to reflect on God's faithfulness and goodness to us. We express thanksgiving to Him. But in our giving thanks, we also have the opportunity to do so before others, friends and family who may not know the Lord. The prophet Isaiah commanded the people of God to give thanks to the Lord, proclaim His name, make known among the nations what He has done, and proclaim that His name is exalted. When we give thanks to the Lord, We're testifying to his goodness. Will you speak of God's faithfulness before those who need Jesus? Grow in your walk with Christ. Visit GetAnchored.com.